Welcome to episode number five of the EAT podcast. I'm your host, Jerry. What's going on, Russ? Here we are. Episode five. Very excited. Yes. Kind of roll. All right. So tonight on the show, we, uh, we're we going to break down the NFL draft in just a few minutes. We're going to have a couple of special guests to discuss it with us and do our uh, sports roundup. We're going to talk about UFC 261 that happened over the weekend. We're going to go around the baseball diamond. We're going to cover the NBA and NHL playoff pictures. We're going to put it in focus. The Biden tax plan and how that's going to affect or help your crypto and stock investments. LTNC, Takeover Industries, had a, a big announcement today. They acquired a GOAT, so to speak. We'll discuss that. I actually got a quote from the C former CEO, Ryan Shadle. We'll go over that. Russ, you ready, buddy? <laughs> that's, a, that's Wookie for yes. <laughs> All right, let's go. All right, so run a little current events here. Uh, as you saw, the Oscars happen, or as in most people didn't see. Uh, <laughs> the final numbers are in, and 10.4 million people watched. And that seems like a large number. It's not. It was their lowest-rated show and watched Academy Awards ever. And it's not without controversy, as Anthony Hopkins, a legend in this business, won an upset for Best Actor in his role in the movie The Father. Uh, most expected Chadwick Boseman to win, but he was denied the honor even after winning numerous Best Actor awards this season at the other awards show. So, I mean, listen, the guy's a great uh, great actor, made a couple movies. I, I, I know that he passed away, obviously, but, but uh, that's what they felt. You know, Anthony Hopkins isn't a, a chump either, so no. I guess it is what it no. is at this point. Uh, in other news, obviously, last week we talked about YouTube sensation uh, Logan Paul knocking out, um, knocking out what's his face. Uh, however, he's lined up. A, that was Jake Paul, actually. Yeah, his uh, brother. Paul now, his brother. He's lined up a fight with Floyd Mayweather at June 6th at the Hard Rock Stadium in Florida. Um, it's a little sketchy, but it's going to be on pay-per-view. No word on total rounds or glove weight. Um, no undercard has been released. Um, Paul did lose his... First boxing match to YouTube star KSI in November 2019. Um, both are obviously going to make millions, but money grab. Nothing announced. It's definitely a money grab. And <laughs> if anyone actually thinks that Logan Paul is going to beat Floyd Mayweather, I mean, listen, Mayweather is just this is easy money for him. People are still going to tune in. And listen, the guy's 50 0 for a reason. He's not losing to Logan Paul, but I guess it's something to look forward to. Um, and we'll see what happens. I mean, it's definitely a money grab, but we'll still watch. Uh, and other news now, Conor McGregor with his famous Proper 12 whiskey uh, is no longer the majority owner. He took a, uh, stole his majority stake to Proximo Spirits, which owns brands like Jose Cuervo, Bushmills, and Three Olives. Um, the cost was approximately $600 million. It wasn't released what percentage McGregor still owns. Um, other listers in the liquor companies have done the same thing, Cloney's. George Clooney sold his Casamigos. Jay-Z sold his Ace of Spades. Uh, the Brian Cranston, Aaron Paul collaborations, Dos Andres Mezcal, they sold that. And, uh, uh, you know, maybe the rocks, but I really like the Terramata tequila, and I hope he doesn't sell it. So uh, that's roughly it in your current events. And, Jerry, right, why don't so you give us a little stock news? So we got some stock news. As you know, Russ, we had uh, Ryan Shadel on episode one. We had Danny Day on episode number three. The uh, LTNC stock is something I'm involved in. 
And today they announced that they're working with none other than Manny Pacquiao, which sent shockwaves, sent shockwaves all over Twitter, all over social media. It was unbelievable. I mean, this guy is the yeah, real deal. shockwaves through the, through the uh, yeah. Well, I mean, it can't go. It can't double in a day. But uh, listen, this guy's won eight championships. He's won championships in eight divisions. Current CEO Joe Pavlik of uh, LTNC has said he's bringing in numerous goats. And this guy qualifies as a goat. He's definitely the first of three. We have two more coming down the pipeline. The press release today was rather lengthy, but basically said that Manny Pacquiao was regarded as one of the greatest professional boxers of all time. He's, uh, he's won many championships in many weight classes. He's currently a senator in the Philippines, which I didn't even know. Yes. Yes. Um, He's involved in the Manny Pacquiao Foundation. It's a California-based nonprofit. He uh, he wants to create a partnership with an innovative company like Takeover Industries that's focused on health and athletic performance with next-level hydrogen water, and he's truly excited about it. Joe Pavlik, who's the CEO of Takeover and uh, the CEO of LTNC, which owns Takeover, was honored to have Manny come on board. Basically it's a true inspiration story like Rocky, as he put it. And, uh, I actually reached out to Ryan Shadle on Twitter to get a uh, quote from him. And his exact words to me were, Hey, what can I say? Really? It's Manny freaking Pacquiao. He's a living legend. He has a lot going on outside of boxing and that this will keep his name in the media for years to come. And also just so you know, Russ, next week we got beverage number two coming out on May 4th. The first run, as we all know, sold out in, in a weekend. And now I'm curious to see with Pacquiao behind the, uh, the label here, what beverage number two is going to do. All right. Well, that's a good day. So it's like a Taco Tuesday merge with me. May the fourth be with you. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Um, let's turn it over to the, in case you missed it on Twitter, the whole Tesla barstool, uh, Elon Musk, Portnoy Port Exchange. Um, so they had a little doing the other night where it appeared that Elon Musk had sold 10% of his Bitcoin. And that's what Portnoy was, was asking Musk. Um, cause when they spent a hundred million on it, they sold it for a profit of 117 million. And it seemed like a kind of a pump and dump. But when asked if Musk had in fact did that, Musk replied, no, I didn't. Tesla sold their shares, 10% of them, to prove its liquidity on a balance sheet that Elon Musk did not sell any of his own personal shares. So and they made some money. Little, but they made some money, but for those asking, Elon Musk did not sell his own personal shares and then announced that he's hosting Saturday Night Live on May 8th. And apparently that ruffled some feathers. Some I don't know why. Members. I don't know why. Why would that ruffle feathers? It's a, it's a big name. I don't know. He seems to be a little bit, I guess, on conservative side. So I'm gonna, I might go with that and his relationship with Joe Rogan and what's going on with him. But that's a subject for another day. So, but it'll be interesting to see what happens on the show. So, all right. So keeping with that theme, uh, rumors last week started trickling out about the Biden tax plan, and it led to a sell-off and a drop in stock and crypto prices. The Biden tax plan is going to be revealed in his speech later tonight around nine o'clock Eastern. But some of the information that's leaking out from this secretary of the treasury, Janet Yellen is rumored to want to institute an 80% tax on crypto capital gains. 
I mean, yeah, at that, that point, you're basically going to you're, you're going to crush the crypto market at that point. You're going to kill it. That's all it's saying is the government's not getting their piece and they basically want to kill it and kill the whole digital currency. That That's all it is. is what's the point of trading crypto if you're going to pay 80 percent tax and capital gain? There's got to be more to this. I, I didn't see much on that, but I'll wait till they actually announce it to uh, to get into it. But. You, you're gonna, uh, just to refresh everybody's memory about what actually capital gains is, it only applies when you sell it. So if you buy it and hold on to it for X number of years or whatever, you're not going to pay anything on it until a, a profit's made when you sell it. There are different types of capital gains, short-term and long-term. Basically, the difference is uh, short-term is anything you own for own and sell in less than a year. Long-term is anything over a year. Right now, the current capital gains rate is anywhere from uh, 0 to 20%, depending on where you are, federal-wise with your income level. Um, the rumors that are swirling, though, is that the new tax plan is going to bump that top 20% up to 40%, and it's going to be on anybody who's making a million or more. So if you have a million bucks or more, it definitely uh, might affect you. Word also on the street is that Biden wants to raise the corporate tax from 21% to 28%. So yes, when you start taking away profits from these companies, I mean, uh, you're definitely going to affect the market. So it's going to get interesting, and with all this going on, my word to everybody is buckle up, folks, because it might get bumpy. Yeah, it's going to affect a lot of things. And I know it says million or more, but in the end, the, the people that make a million or more are the ones who control the market. So they're not making money or they're getting pissed. It's going to affect that negatively. And raising the corporate tax from 21% to 28%, uh, realistically, everyone bitches about Amazon, Walmart, all those big companies not paying any tax through the loopholes. The reality yep. is, is they're going to keep doing the same thing. And all the regular companies, the, the, the people that have, you know, legit out there, they're the ones that are going to get hammered more. But it, it opens up a debate, you know, you know, companies that aren't the big guys are still paying millions of dollars. But we'll see what happens. Uh, I don't know if, uh, you know, taxing the rich is the way to go because they always find a way to uh, scapegoat it. And usually the, the middle class is the one who usually gets hammered with something. Usually that's the way it works, but we'll see what happens. I mean, like I said, it's going to be announced tonight, so we'll see how the markets respond tomorrow and in the next couple of days. But uh, so we got two guests tonight. We uh, we got two friends of the program, Ryan uh, Ryan Sh Ryan Schofield, Ryan Schofield, who's a uh, stand-up comedian in upstate New York. He's also an online podcast personality. And then we have another friend of ours, Mike Balsamo. He's a on-air personality and operations manager for VCMG Live, which is based out of uh, West Palm Beach in Florida. So I'm going to bring them both on the stream, and we're going to get into the NFL and uh, sports. Hey, guys, what's going on? Not too much, man. Welcome, boys. You ready for the NFL draft? I am, and I feel like I just got a uh, degree in finance from the EAT podcast. <laughs> Appreciate that. Well, now Very you nice. know when you invest uh, what to do and not do. You know what short-term and long-term gains are now. <laughs> I thought I, uh, it's NFL draft, so I figured I'd done my, uh, my nice Colts helmet here. Oh, boy. Here we go. All right, guys. So the draft is tomorrow night. The first pick, I don't think it's going to surprise anybody, but uh, the Jaguars are going to take Trevor Lawrence and says, unless some earthquake comes through the draft in Cleveland or uh, tornado or something. But just for the sake of it, does anybody think the Jaguars trade this pick? Don't take Trevor Lawrence for some reason? Uh, absolutely not. I no. would say, though, that there's surely some door knocking by the Houston Texans before all the Deshaun uh, day trying to pry that pick out. And, and 
I, I, I had to have been a little bit tough for Urban Meyer and that team. You know, Trevor Lawrence is an unknown commodity. The only issue would be the contract for me. But if I had to choose straight up between Deshaun Watson and a unknown prospect, I'm taking Deshaun Watson all day. So I think that would have been a little tempting. But that was the only thing that was going to happen here. Otherwise, we know he's gone to the Jags. Absolutely. Ryan? Yeah, I mean, uh, the, the, I mean, what are you even offering at this point? I mean, we'll be doing seven first-round draft picks. It's it's irrelevant. Uh, you, <laughs> can't, you can't do it. You have no choice to do it. And if you look, the Jaguars have been drafting in the top ten for, I don't know, since I was, you know, a teenager at this point, I think. They look at their quarterback history. They can't say no to allegedly a generational talent. So we had some big, big trades. Carson Wentz went to Indy. Some other pre-draft trades with yeah. the uh, – oh, Yeah, Russ, I know you're happy about that. We had uh, – Well, we'll get into that in a few minutes. We had um, the 49ers move up to number three. The Dolphins moved around. Um, what do you think – anything big could still happen? Or do you think the draft, uh, the way it is, is basically locked in, uh, in place? Or do you guys expect maybe the Patriots or somebody to move up, somebody else to move back out of the, out of the spot? Anything? I mean, there's too much smoke for there not to be a fire somewhere is where I would say. There's too many uh, – maybe there's perceived to be five, you know, franchise-level quarterbacks in this draft and quite a few teams that could use one of them. So uh, I won't be shocked on Thursday to see any movements whatsoever now. Before the draft, I'm going to say no. I, I think that everything's pretty much locked in the way it is. The only thing I could see happening would be – um, like a Jimmy Garoppolo trade, but I don't see anybody trading up at this point. The the team that I'm looking at trading up the most, um, yep. but they like to play things super coy. They're not going to get on the phone and start calling people now, you know, a day before the draft. They're going to do it on draft day, put people on the spot if things don't start falling their way. But I think, you know, once San Francisco moved up, that kind of solidified who needed quarterbacks. Carolina got theirs and uh, Denver got theirs today. So for me, I think we're pretty locked in at this at this. Uh, Disorder. So there's yeah. some QBs that are that are floating around. You got you got Jordan Love behind Aaron Rodgers. You got Teddy Bridgewater who got moved today from Carolina to the Broncos. Like we just discussed, you got Jimmy Garoppolo. What do you think besides uh, these guys moving the way they did already? Do you think the Packers are going to move Love out? I mean, they had a press conference the other day where the GM in Green Bay said Aaron Rodgers is going to be our quarterback. For, for the foreseeable future. Do you think somebody's knocking on Green Bay's door asking about Jordan? If, if they are, what is Green Bay going to get? I don't, yeah, they traded I, up last yeah, year. Yeah, I, really. They trade up in the first round, use their first round pick. What can they offload him for right now? Four? Right. A three? What would be the point of you trading him for that? You might as well, you know, see what happens with Aaron Rodgers this year, an injury or something, get to show the kid off. But other than that, what, what are you going to trade him for? You're not getting a first back. You're That's not, not happening. Nope. So he, he's going to be on that roster next year. Yeah, I agree with Buzz. At this point, you know, not damaged goods. He just hasn't played. But for somebody to go on and see what they've seen of him and just back it up Rodgers, they're not going to throw first-round picks. In the end, they would lose. So I think he's right. It's going to end up keeping him on the roster. But my question is, is if there's if there's still talk of trading him, you know, there's got to be some sort of relationship in there. There's got to be an issue with Rodgers and him that that they don't that they don't really like. And my question is, how long? Realistically, is Rodgers going to be around? At times, he looked like Rodgers of old last year, and at times, he showed spots of slowing down. So I, I don't I don't see a four- or five-year quarterback. I see maybe two, at most, three years. 
So I would so say I would the management, say management we want to hold on to somebody like the NFL management. They have a long demonstrated history of never wanting to admit to making mistakes. So if you, again, trade up last year to get love and trade him the following year, you're kind of saying, oh, this wasn't a good idea. And NFL folks don't really like to do that to their own detriments. Unless you're the Jets. Uh, no, they do it for their own self-owned fans to, to keep them what they want, to keep coming back. Very, very sadistic fan base in the Jets. <laughs> I'm not completely I, – I don't think it's completely out of the realm of possibility that Aaron Rodgers does get moved. Uh, if really? If take something – I mean, in a, in a certain scenario, if they open up, say, three and four, three and five, which probably isn't going to happen, why not move off Aaron Rodgers? He's eating okay. up all your payroll. They, they, we just said that they're committed to Jordan Love now for at least a little while. So maybe it's not the craziest thing to trade him to a contender that loses their quarterback for two first-round picks, something like that. Recoup a ton, throw Jordan Love in there. I don't think that Aaron Rodgers ends his career in Green Bay. Um, I don't think he's going to find a big solution there. After seeing what Brady just did, he's going to leave eventually. Okay. Packers have had 30 years straight of having a Hall of Fame-level quarterback. They're not going to want to, unless they know they have the next guy, they're not going to move on. Yeah, that's true too. I mean, look at look at the the lineage that they had of you know all these years now. You, if Jordan Love's not the guy, I don't I don't see them passing the passing the ball off to him and getting rid of Rodgers. If Rodgers says he wants to play to forty five, like Brady says he wants to play, I think you're going to keep Rodgers. If Rodgers is there. not going to sign an extension though, and it's going to walk on you, what's what's the what's the difference? Yeah, that's true too. I, like I said, I don't think he's signing an extension, and I think they know that. So that's what that that's what I'm getting at. With if anything, they could deal him before he walks away. So. The 49ers made that big trade with Miami and moved up to number three. We're assuming Lawrence is going one. We're assuming Wilson is going two to the Jets, right? Where, I, 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 I haven't I heard anybody say that except for ESPN so, and Todd McShay and, and all their cronies. I haven't seen anyone from the Jets that are taking Zach Wilson. No, yet. nobody. And if they don't, we don't have to spend a lot of time on this, but this popped up from the media, from him having good pro days and the Jets just having to be happening to be there. I'm not going to be shocked at all to take Justin Fields or Trey Lance at two. So let me ask you, if the Jets are going to take a QB, no matter where they go with a QB, you're thinking San Francisco moved up for a QB as well. Then you have Atlanta in the four spot, and Matt Ryan's getting a little old. Do you see them taking a QB in the first four off the board, or QBs? I don't. I, I also don't think that there's any chance that Mac Jones goes to San Francisco. I think this is the biggest smoke screen I've ever seen, and I don't think they're interested in Mac Jones at all. Um, you know, they're, they're trying to play this up and they don't want the Jets looking into Justin Fields. They don't want the Jets looking into Trey Lance. Yep. When has a team ever come out and said what their intentions are? And this has really just been blown up by the media that Matt Jones is going. I was talking to a guy from WalterFootball.com. His name is Charlie Campbell. He's a draft expert. This is what he does. He was the most accurate member of the media in 2017 and 2019. He said that they have, uh, they have Matt Jones rated a late second, early third round guy. And people saying he's not going to go first. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't mean that someone's not going to fall in love with him. Yep. But for the San Francisco to be leaking who they like, who they traded up for, that's ridiculous. And I, right now, it's he's minus 350 in Vegas, Mac Jones, and it's 8-1 to one on Justin Fields. I'm not, I, not only do I think they're taking Justin Fields at three, I'm, I'm going to put money on it because there's no chance they're taking Mac Jones. You, you look around your division, and you've got Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray. You think Shanahan yep. and um, – I think Shanahan and Lynch are looking around like, I want a flat-footed, unathletic quarterback. That's what I traded up for. There's just no chance. What about Trey Lance? Trey Lance is – it's Lance or Fields at three. For yeah, me. that's what I think too. 
And then after those three, if whatever the, the three go off the board, if someone's going to move up with Atlanta or not, or Atlanta takes a QB where, wherever they go, within the top ten picks or eight picks or so, and I would say that these these guys are gone, right? I don't think any any of them are going to trickle into the the teens, right? I do. You do? Yeah. Okay. I, I don't. There's not enough teams that need them anymore now. Denver's not going to unless unless. The, I think the, I think the when the when the four of them go off the board when when the first four go off the board in the first six or seven picks well, well, I think somebody later down the line is now going to panic and go hey we we want whatever's left it's a QB heavy draft go back to Atlanta then and say what do you think they're going to do because I don't think they're taking a quarterback I don't think they're taking uh, Pitts either but yeah Russ and I were discussing this before Russ the the rumors for them were were a tight end right yeah the rumors are Pitts but I mean listen the guy's a freak of nature but. I think you're right to, to end up taking Pitts in the as a, a in fourth the overall pick. You know, he may be the greatest tight end of all time when it's all said and done, but, I mean, to take a tight end fourth, that's – if he fails, that, that could cost you a job as a GM. I, I so, don't think I don't think there's know, anything wrong with If it's, it's me and you're going that, I might go uh, Devonta from, from uh, Alabama. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with Pitts at four. But my problem is What's Atlanta that? taking Pitts at four. There's no problem with Pitts at four. And if, if he falls to five, the Bengals are going to have a real choice there. Um, yeah. But at four, what was Atlanta's? Atlanta scored 35 points a game last year. They don't have trouble scoring points. They can't stop it. They need defense. So invest it. They, I'm sure they're going to. They're looking to trade down, and that'll and be the spot that someone's going to trade in to grab a quarterback. But I, I, just, I can't see the team defensive weapon, in my opinion. So. As you said, you think that they could trade out of that spot. I think the sleeper here, the sleeper here for that for that slot is the Saints. Drew Brees is gone. They're picking, I think, twenty eighth in the draft. Do you think they back up the truck and say, "Hey, listen, we're going to offer you three first round picks"? And do you think that do you think a division rival is going to trade you the fourth pick to to use uh, to grab a quarterback? If if they back up the truck enough, will they? I doubt it. Well, you back up the truck for your division opponent. <laughs> yeah, you're backing up a truck. I'm, it's not going to be the typical. If this was the Jets and a team in the in the in the NFC, the, the, the trade is going to be what the trade is. But because it's a division rival, right. that's, that's why I'm saying back up the truck. Rams in before line up across them twice a year. You could bite them. Definitely could bite them. And uh, Mike, you were saying before Deshaun Watson. Do you think he gets moved with everything that's going on here, or do you think no. he stays? Stays, he stays still with the with the draft. They're not going to move. How can you move somebody that could potentially get suspended for a year? Or who you know he's got serious Damaged legal goods. serious legal action on it on his shoulders. I, I I wouldn't deal for him, and I think he's a top five quarterback in the league. It just he's untouchable right now. Houston's stuck with him. He's going to be playing a sit and go out there and play. Okay, and I mean. <laughs> This is just a this is a train wreck. But Washington Washington football team. I don't. I mean, what's going on with the name? I, it's been a year now. What, what are we doing with that? And <laughs> they got a three headed monster now that they brought in Fitz Magic. They got Kyle Allen. They got Hanky. They're in the nineteen slot. Do you think they uh, they roll with this, or are they uh, a team that can move up to four? I mean, they like to make a splash with with their owner. Maybe they move up. You know, they they took RG three. That didn't work out. The, the, it's been a revolving door. Um, I personally don't think they 
I don't think they have the assets to move up. And, and I think that, you know, they found Kirk Cousins in the third round a few years ago, and he's proved yep. to be a serviceable quarterback. Um, I guess I, I think that people are going to be there. One of these um, five quarterbacks is going to make it out of the top 10. That's for sure. Uh, how far they fall after that. If the Patriots don't trade up, they're going to be taking one at 15. I don't think Kyle Tr- Kyle Trask and Matt Jones to me is the same guy. Kyle Trask might be better with more upside. So maybe wait, take Kyle Trask in the second round. Uh, Washington's building something. Ron Rivera likes defense. He likes to run the ball. There's no reason Ryan Fitzpatrick can't hand the ball off for two years while they try to figure it out. We just got hey, Russell, collectively better looking. <laughs> yeah, I, I had to switch. I had to switch uh, cameras here. I was getting connection issues. That's that's why I was staying kind of quiet because things you guys were talking about, I barely uh, understand what was going on. All right. Well, I don't know. I'm I'm definitely tuning in tomorrow. I think the NFL draft is going to be uh, exciting with all these QBs that are going. We got a bunch of wide receivers that we didn't even get it, get into. That uh, definitely going to go in the top uh, fifteen or or so. But uh, Russ, let's move on to the MMA for the uh, what happened this weekend at UFC 261. All right, so we're just gonna straight out fucking skip the Carson Wentz trade. Thanks, Jerry. You took away my fucking, <laughs> took away my fucking glory. Man. Go ahead, go ahead. Let's get the Carson Wentz. <laughs> uh, well, to be realistic, uh, I'm all for it now because he's part of the team. And, you know, got a nice fucking little Colts hat here. But uh, I was skeptical of the trade. I still am skeptical now. Um, He's a great, you know, good QB, reunited with Reich, but it is obviously injury concerns. And I really wanted Stafford. I mean, listen, I would have loved Sean Watson instead and would have gave the farm, but I have Sam Buzz is saying, and that trade is a division rival and facing our team and our effective line with Sean Watson twice a year. So I wanted Stafford. They got Wentz. They didn't pay a lot for him. Philly's, you know, paying for some salary. And uh, I guess the only thing to be is optimistic that he reunites with Reich and you know, has a better offensive line and, and, and obviously a, a, you know, a nice trio of running backs now between, you know, Taylor, uh, Mack, and Diane Hines. So, yeah, got to be optimistic here. I they, they need to address the um, – they need to address the loss of Costanzo. Yes. They're, they're the team that's taking – they're taking a tackle here in the first round. Yeah. And that'll be important. Right. If they get that's stuck with exactly an Andrew Thomas tank, they're screwed. I mean, aside from, you know, maybe a late round, some sort of receiver to get in there in the mix, because I don't know how t- long T.Y. is going to last. But, yeah, they, they, they got Tevi yeah, Smith. They've been at a fine rookie season. Yeah. I, I think they'll go from there. Russ, what do you think they do uh, record-wise this year? you think they're in the playoffs? Oh, absolutely. I don't think there's any reason not I to. I, I think if Wentz just manages the game, we have a strong enough running game now and line that – with the emergence of uh, Jonathan Taylor, who really picked it up at the end of the season. And uh, I, I, I think we got a strong chance. And the defense has picked it up. You know, uh, the, the Brooklyn, Titans lost everyone. So, yeah. what's your competition? A rookie in Trevor Lawrence and a dysfunctional Houston? I mean, obviously, Tennessee's the team to beat, but this team's making the playoffs with nine wins if they get it. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Um, but I'd like more than nine wins. I'd like to get into the playoffs comfortably and not have to, you know, Scratch like last year and gets yeah, but you don't we'll want to go in cold weather. You want to be home. That too. Yeah, you want to be in the dome. All right, let's get to the uh, the UFC two sixty one. I mean, this was. All right, I'll let you guys card. go. I haven't watched this, and my pasta's almost done. 
I'm not a UFC guy, and I'll just be spouting off BS. It's all good. Even all more so. Well, how do you think I do half the show? <laughs> so you, you of- my finance degree is not worth not worth anything. <laughs> no, if you saw my finances, you'd probably laugh at me. <laughs> it's, it's been fun, guys. I'll catch up with you. All right. Thanks, Mike. We'll see you soon. All right. Uh, in the big news of the, uh, the night, unfortunately, most people saw on Twitter or YouTube the Chris Weidman incident. Um, oh. For for me, being a, he's a local guy, I feel really bad. But 20 seconds into the fight, he took that leg kick to Uriah Hall and, and just snapped it in half. And, you know, it's odd the way Anderson Silva did the same to him. Um but it, it was it was a gruesome sight. What happens next? I don't know. I know Dana White uh, took care of him. He chartered a plane for his family and him to get home, so he wouldn't have to deal with uh, you know private, regular, you know, commercial travel. But uh, yeah, I, I think his career is over. It's sad to say. It's a heck of an injury. So, yeah. In uh, one of our women's fights tonight, Valentina Shevchenko absolutely destroyed Jessica Andrade. Uh, <laughs> second round stoppage, and she just took her down one after another. Seven takedowns in all, and then just finished her off with ground and pound. Um, she was total domination. She's got two losses now in her career, both to Amanda Nunez, but other than her, there ain't nobody left to fight for her in that yeah. division. Nobody. Um she she's been just destroying everybody. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, Rose Namahunas, love this girl. I've actually been following her since the Ultimate Fighter, and uh, she's a great great fighter. But she's very emotional. But she had a hell of a leg kick. I'm trying to fix my camera here. A hell of a leg kick to uh, Zhang Wei Li um, to win the uh, strawweight championship. Um. Right now, I guess possible titles would include title shots would be Carla Carla Esparza. She's fighting Yang. I don't know how to pronounce this lady's name. Xiao Nen. Um, they fight on the May twenty second, so I'm guessing the winner might fight one of them. There is some talk of Joanna Jacek having some some interest. However, Rose defeated her twice already and pretty handily, so I don't even know if that would work there. Um, and then for the the main event of the night. Kamaro Usman, absolutely oh. obliterated <laughs> Masvidal with a beautiful punch. Uh, he promised that he would come back with violence in this in their rematch, and he absolutely did. Oh, yeah. uh, this man's pretty much one of the pound-for-pound pound best fighters in the UFC right now. Um, the number one ranked contender is Colby Covington, but he's been playing it conservative. Um, a lot of people talk about Leon Edwards, he fights Nate Diaz on May 15th. Uh, and obviously, if Diaz is to beat Edwards, that would kind of be a dark horse to yep. maybe fight Usman. But right now, Kobe Covington is playing a safe because he, he probably wants his title shot and, and try to get in there. So uh, it's going to be interesting, but not for nothing. I mean, you watch some of these fights you watch and uh, they're boring as hell. This pay-per-view is actually a really good one. So... Well, we got some more coming up in the next couple of weeks, but let's get to some baseball for a sec. Just to uh, give you a quick rundown of the uh, the standings in the American League. We got uh, the AL East. The Red Sox have a three-game lead on the Blue Jays and the Rays. The AL Central, the Royals lead the White Sox by two. In the AL West, you got the Athletics leading the Mariners by two over in the NL. 
You got the Mets still in first, leading the Phillies and Braves by a half game. The NL Central, you got the Brewers leading the Pirates and the Cardinals with a two-game lead. And the Dodgers and Giants over in the West are tied for the division lead right now. Hey, Russ, welcome back. I'm back. <laughs> so, so, Ryan, you're a Cardinal fan. What do you think of uh, the NL Central and the Cardinals this year? Uh, I think it's mostly going to end up coming down to the Cardinals and the Brewers. And ultimately, if we could, uh, our management, our actual manager of the team, get our Paul's hat out of his ass, which he's started to do. I'm starting to see some good signs going forward where we're actually getting some good, uh, reliable pitching from sources we haven't uh, expected, it, like Carlos Martinez and Wainwright so far. Uh, Nolan Arenado is, is good at ties, and I think that's been a positive thing. This Dylan Carlson uh, kid is a rookie, is pretty solid. I'm actually not even mind the fact that Molina is out for a little bit because his backup, this Kinzer guy, isn't so bad. So maybe lightening his burden. So I you know Jack Flaherty being an ace. I mean, Milwaukee's got going with the pitching staff. I like, but you know, the idea that you know Yelich, his back has been bothering him, and this has been a bit of a long-running thing. And I mean, when you take him out of that lineup, suddenly it becomes not so fearful. And while Corbin Burns is tremendous, he is still a converted reliever to a starter. So exactly how deep does he go into this season, or how often can he be used? So I like their chances with that. Cubs, I mean, they're just an abysmal mess. They need to be unloading. The Pirates, they're kind of exceeding expectations. And I don't know what happened to the Reds. The Reds were killing the ball, not hitting at all. I don't, I don't know what's going on with that. Yeah, they fell off. And uh, so I want to pick your brain here, Ryan, because moving on with the news, obviously most of us know that, that Madison Bumgarner threw a no-hitter this weekend. But it was a seven inning no hitter in the double header rule that they're everything seven innings. But MLB is also saying it doesn't count as an official no hitter. So there is a such thing as an asterisk, which I think in most records people hate. But this is one of those situations where an asterisk might kind of be all right. And I know before we get into is this good for the game or bad for the game, the seven inning thing. I do want to say that he was named pitcher of the week. Um, you know, seven shutout innings, no hitter, seven Ks. And I guess I'm a salty Mets fan. But in case you heard, Jacob DeGrom pitched a fucking two hit, not any shutout, 15 strikeouts, and went two for four at the plate. I'll take that performance over a seven, seven inning no hitter. So it was a consolation prize for Bumgarner, okay? That's what that was, probably. Yeah. So, um, what are your thoughts on this seven-inning double-hitter thing, Ryan? I, I, I hate it. Um, I mean, I get the purpose behind it, but I hate it because um, it's turning into the old man that yells at clouds. And that's a little, one of my least favorite of the baseball changes. I mean, a seven-inning game for major leaguers, I mean, effectively, you're, the fourth inning, if you have two guys on, nothing happens, the game's over, you know, type thing. That's it. You might only have just the one shot. Um I got what, you know, for the COVID, which is what it was enacted for, that now we're running with this. I think it's a terrible idea. Um, and it's I not even like, now here's the worst I have. Now, what's the extra inning rule for this one now? Though? Is the eighth inning, does that become, you know, when they put the runner on at this point? Uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a valid point. No, yep. I didn't think of that. You know, because, I mean, like, it, just imagine that. I mean, like, you can have, I mean, the fact that, you, what if he goes into the eighth inning? What if he goes into the ninth inning, you know? I mean, like, is, you know, does Zenit count as a, you know an official game? I, I mean, we're, we're, I don't, I haven't really quite even thought about that until now. 
If it goes eight, it's not official. But if it gets to nine, it was supposed to be a seven inning game. Is it now an official no hitter? That, that's a that's no, a point. Yeah, I'd actually like to hear what the official answer would be from the Major League Baseball. Yeah, I'm actually want to write that. Right, you know, I, I plan on writing a strongly worded letter to the commissioner's office asking about that. <laughs> I'm sure he'll get back to you right away. <laughs> yeah, first thing tomorrow morning. That rule, I mean, the, I swear I haven't won a game that's going to extra innings yet this year with that new just thing of putting Second the runner on. He either started at freaking you know, in the 12th inning or something like that, maybe. Give, give it a chance to actually be a baseball game. At that point, it just ceases to be a baseball game. And now you're kind of messing with people's numbers in the sense of that now you can get an RBI pretty easily in the extra innings of a pitcher. I mean, yeah. I don't know how – the if the uh, the relief pitcher is charged with an earned run, if the, if that run score is scored, but these are things that are going to affect you know people's money coming forward, and it's just stupid. Let's <laughs> just face it. Absolutely, yeah. um, I didn't even think of the betting issue. I mean, yeah, that definitely is going to affect people's money. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, yeah for I mean, look, look look at a reliever. I mean, like where like I mean, if you have a bad start as a middle reliever, it's a couple of weeks before that's absolved in your numbers. Oh yeah, because you have such a small sample size. Uh, another and another issue. Also, are supposed to throw from the stretch. You're start making every pitcher start by throwing from the stretch, and also you're doing this weird thing where you're actually kind of giving advantage to the away team versus the home team, where they now you can dictate the answers. I mean, sometimes the team just can lay down a bunt and freaking hit a ground ball, and it's they gotta run. Yeah, it's, it's over. Gotta run. And swing away. Um, another thing I wanted to bring up is. I guess I kind of like it for the minor leagues. I do not like it for Major League Baseball. It is a gimmick, uh, but it's kind of kind of cool. Uh, the Pioneer League announced today, which is like a Western, I guess, Colorado, California type league. Middle that, of nowhere. Yes, that extra innings will now be decided with a home run derby. What? Yes. Might as well at this point. I mean, I can, it's kind of no different than hockey doing the shootouts, is it? Is it oh, I hate the shootout. Um, I hate the shootout. Well, I guess I guess there isn't much of a difference. I think it's a little more gimmicky with the home run derby. Um, the way the shootout, yes, obviously it becomes an individual thing. Uh, my only reason that I, I do like it is because the amount of money that it costs to go to a hockey game, specifically a Ranger game, oh, yeah. I want to see a fucking winner, even if it means that we lose. I want to see somebody win. I don't want to tie. It feels like kissing your sister. <laughs> you yeah, know what that is, Russ? <laughs> hold on. Hold, hold on. I'm playing degenerate right now. Are you? Yes. What do you got going on right now? Uh, Copa Libertoris right now. I got, I got a live bet going. <laughs> yeah. I it's basically going us not till the end of the show, buddy. And we definitely got to go over your, your I know, picks but, last week. <laughs> uh, uh, sorry, it's uh, not Copa Libertadores. That's Sud America. It's basically like the Champions League and Europa League of South America. So they're all going at it. It's one one in the sixty seventh minute, and I got it over three. So let's go. Um, okay, you justify your behavior. Solid stuff. <laughs> yes. As I'm right checking now, the baseball scores right now. Right now, Ryan's furiously trying to get on there and copy my shit. <laughs> um, neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> I, I hopefully I've treated Ryan well with some picks before, and uh, I, I know in yeah, there. I, I just need to have action at all times of the day. So I mean, if you I want know. to claim to know about soccer, you're going to do better than I'm doing. Like I mean, like I'm 
assuming that you you usually the thing is is that you're you're probably telling me your best picks because what's the point of winning money gambling if nobody knows about it? You know, it's, it's really not the money we care about. It's that somebody knows what we know what we're talking about. So that's yes. why I, I value your advice. All right, we'll save this talk for uh, for a little bit towards the end here. Um, <laughs> so finishing up with baseball on Monday, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. That's a mouthful. Uh, their star player, not named Mike Trout, Shui Otani. First pitcher since Babe Ruth to start a game while also leading the major leagues in home runs. Ruth did this in June of 1921. Uh, Otani, who starts games as designated hitter on days he doesn't pitch, uh, is right now is playing himself into the Cy Young and league MVP picture early on. Uh, I think that'd be uh, – I don't even know if that, how crazy that would be for a guy led the league in home runs, won the Cy Young, and the MVP all in one. That'd be, that'd be pretty insane. It'd be pretty insane. I mean, we haven't seen it in 100 years. But when this guy was uh, spoken about from coming overseas – they uh they said he was the real deal. He was gonna he was gonna mash the ball. He was gonna throw strikes and 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 pitch you know mow everybody down. And uh, he's definitely doing it now. Yeah, and he's he does. really the first guy that's. I mean, yeah, that's we we haven't seen a two way player. I don't believe in our lifetime like that. And yeah, for him to be able to throw hundred miles. I mean, it just sounds like when you're drawing up this baseball punch, the way that you know, Babe Ruth was described to us as like this mythical figure. Well, here comes this guy from Japan that does everything Babe Ruth does. Just don't tell it to anybody over the age of 50. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, for, for right now, he's, he's as advertised. I mean, we, we've seen people come over, obviously, uh, you know, from Hideki Matsui's to, to Hideo Nomo's and uh, Ichiro. Ichiro. We don't have to look for their full primes though. What's that? He's a kid. Yeah, he's not an old man. He's not an old man. Yeah, I know. He's young, so we'll see yeah. what happens. I mean, obviously, Ichiro is a legend, but uh, aside from that, nobody, none of them really else were really monster stars. <laughs> somebody just <laughs> – yeah, you saw that too. Somebody just asked, does he smoke cigars while, he, while at bat? <laughs> I'm sure he probably would if MLB didn't allow it. <laughs> this isn't this isn't the major league movie. <laughs> yeah. so. All right, let's move it on and uh, let's start with the NHL recap here. So in the East, uh, the Penguins and Caps fight for first, and the, while the Islanders and Bruins hold a lead onto the last two spots, and obviously us Rangers fans were hoping that they catch up. A win last night and lost by the Islanders. Puts down five points ahead, and the Bruins won last night, holding their four-point lead with two in hand. Might be a tough catch, but the Rangers stay close. The final two games they have are against the Bruins, so if they get in there, but even with the Islanders, the Islanders are five points ahead of the Rangers, and we have two matchups this week. So if we win both, we're only a point behind the Islanders. And believe me, it would give me no more greater pleasure than to get into the playoffs the last week of the season and knock these fucking Islanders out. I I, 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 be, I have a raging boner for weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I I got to say, you know how big of a fan I am. I, I don't think they're going to squeak this out. I think it's, it's too tough of a pull with Boston having the games in hand and Boston being as good as they are. I mean, sure, can the Islanders have the wheels fall off? Sure. I mean, as a Ranger fan, I would love it. I mean, I'd be laughing down the block and then some if it happened. But I, I don't think it's going to happen. I think that, I think the ten games or so, the dozen games or so that 
Panarin missed with the whole Russia scandal. If that didn't happen, I think the Rangers are probably in third place right now. And we're, we're debating Boston and the Islanders getting into the fourth spot. What a nice 41 debate then. If not for the Russian scandal. <laughs> listen, I, I, listen. All I know is, is Ryan's got a giant degenerate smile on. I look at my phone. My bed already pushed about five minutes into it. So I'm fucking happy. <laughs> Again, Live betting with Russ. I love it. I love it. Uh, right, we're going to Your veins. We're going to move over to the north. Uh, all remain status quo. Toronto, Edmonton, Winnipeg holding the first three playoff spots. Uh, Montreal's got a six-point lead over Calgary. This was updated on Monday so I or Tuesday. So I know they played last night. Montreal won. So I'm not to remember when I updated this. but No, we're at, we're at, we're at a six-point lead. Okay. Uh, Calgary has Calgary. beat Montreal two out of the last three. We're, we're, All right. we're on so par. But still, they're coming on from the rear. Uh it should be noted, though, that Vancouver is 10 points behind Montreal and four behind Cal- Calgary. But because of their COVID incident, they still have five games in hand over Montreal and six in hand over over Calgary. So five games right there, that's potential 10 points right there. That's going to be uh, that's going to be them going into that extra buffer zone that we discussed last week with the yes. uh, all these games in hand that they have. The NHL extended the season just for these guys. Yes. Uh, in the central – Carolina, Florida, Tampa have already punched their tickets. There's nothing catching them. Uh, Nashville holds a two-point lead over Dallas. Dallas does have the two games in hand, and Chicago is seven points back of Nashville with two games in hand, and then a well. Um, unfortunately for Chicago, they play the same amount of games as Dallas, and they are five points behind them. So while they may catch Nashville, Dallas may be able to stay ahead of them. So, uh, And in the West – uh, Vegas, Colorado, and Minnesota have actually clinched their playoff spots already, so there's nothing going to change. They're just moving up and down. They're not, they're not getting out. Uh, the Coyotes, Blues, and Sharks all fight for the last spot. Uh, the Blues still hold the lead for fourth at the moment. Arizona's a point behind uh, the Blues and have three games at hand, while the Sharks continue to fade and they're five points back. Uh, the Blues have two games at hand over them as well. And before we get into anything else. Uh, oh, I thought we were done with hockey, but we're not. Um, I wanted to ask a question here to Jerry. Yeah. So obviously with us being Ranger fans and the the huge push with Adam Fox. Um, wow. I, I love where you're going with this. Let's go. I love this. I don't, I don't think you do. I'm going to throw a curveball in here. So oh. he's had a wonderful year, vastly improved, and obviously leads all defensemen in points. So right now the race looks like it's between him and Victor Hedman. A funny thing came out today that showed that when Victor Hedman's on the ice, the the court, the, I guess all the Corsi technical chart stuff, which I'm not a fan of, not shows fan of that either. Tampa is a better team and scores more goals when Hedman is not on the ice this year than when he is, where it's the reverse for Fox. But here's my thing. We've gotten to this this way of – the Norris is going to the defenseman who scores the most points. And I don't necessarily like that. I think it has to be an overall because you're getting screwed out of a trophy that you may be well deserving of, but because you don't put on the, put the upper echelon of points that you're getting screwed out of. And I, I kind of don't like that. Even, even though Fox, I think is well deserving of it this year, his, his technical ratings defensively are excellent. He's a, t- he's a top 10, top five defender. 
Um, and offensively, he's been ridiculous. But I don't like the idea that, all right, he scored the most points, he should automatically win. There has to be a balance here as well. <clears throat> you understand what I'm saying? So I, I hear what you're saying, but I'm also going to tell you this. Adam Fox isn't just the point machine and, and that's it. No, I, I, I agree. He He's the only NHL defenseman in the league, and I saw this stat the other night. He has played 240 minutes of ice time on the power play and 120 minutes in the season on the penalty kill. Okay. He's the only defenseman who's done this. I saw that too. I thought it was 180 power play and 120. Uh, Maybe it's 180, not, not 240. But still, no, no, no. I, I'm not saying he isn't. He absolutely is. I'm just saying is we seem to be going down this road year after year that if you score a shitload of points as a defenseman, that pretty much is 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 putting you in the Norris race. And where, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't you know, be. That's all I'm saying. So. So back in the day, you had Brian Leach, who scored all these points. You had Paul Coffey, who scored all these points. You had yeah. Ray Bork, who scored all these points. You have Chara, who's a beast. Eric Carlson, who scores all these points. Yeah. What happened to the shutdown defenseman that, 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 that's my that point. held the superstar or holds the McDavid yes. to nothing? Now, that, holds that's the, my, the yes. Patrick Kane and Taves to nothing. But I also and, understand if you're a shutdown defenseman, you're not getting points. I mean, listen, if you're that good of a defenseman, you're going to be playing – the penalty kill, the power play, at least with the power play, it's going to come with points there. So, but as far as just the race of who's got the most points, I think there has to be some consideration on, you know, the, the, the straight up defensive stats as well. And like I said, is Fox is more than deserving. It's been unbelievable this year on both ends of the ice. Yep. It's just this whole race of, of points thing. That's kind of, I think getting out of hand a little bit. And then someone said to me the other day of, what happens with uh, if you miss the playoffs? Why are you deserving of a trophy? But then I guess you could use the McDavid argument there that you know how does McDavid get all you know get the MVPs? We get they missed the playoffs a couple of years. Uh, I'm not a fan of that in in any sport, basketball, baseball. Where does it say that the league MVP has to make the playoffs or has to go to the World Series? What why is why does he have to have the best record or one of the best records in, in the sport to be the MVP? The the most valuable player isn't the best player. It's who makes his team the best, right? Or are we not going with that? Because that's been the argument for years. Are we going to change that now? I mean, this guy, Adam Fox, his plus minus is 23, according to someone in the chat. Victor Hedman's plus minus is six. I mean, thinking of, yeah. of Hedman, I, with the, the stars that these guys have in Tampa, and I know Kucherov's not playing. I know Stamkos is always hurt. I would have expected it to be the other way around. Yeah, you would think, and especially with Fox playing against everybody's top line as well, and, and you know, but hey, like I said, it's like he's definitely deserving of it this year. My, my point was just a little bit more on the uh, overall points, but any, anything to add, Ryan, as far as in just general sports, the MVP having to be on a playoff team? No, well, for a sport like hockey, where almost everybody makes the playoffs, or I mean, this year's obviously a little different. I mean, I, I would think he should have to be on a playoff team, but. I mean, we've seen it in baseball and plenty of times. I mean, I think it's the most egregious in college where to be a Heisman Trophy winner, you have to be on an undefeated team where, you know, yeah. how many times, is the, you know, you, you're a quarterback and you throw five touchdowns, your defense gives up six, you're not in a Heisman race anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, you don't have to win a championship to be considered the best player for a Heisman, the best player for a league MVP, a, a Norris Trophy or anything like that. I, I, don't, I don't understand it. I, I disagree with it year after year after year. 
And came because of school. It probably happened originally with baseball when there was only eight teams to begin with, or whatever the fuck. And it just kind of happened to be, yeah, if you have one of the best players on only a small league, you probably won. And that's probably how it started going that route. And then that you know, the the the, the voters, the writers, they very resistant to change group, and it's probably kept that way for a while. You know, if Adam Fox leads leads NHL defensemen in let's just say four or five categories and the season's over and it's all said and done and doesn't win. I'm going to stand here or sit here and be pretty upset about this because in the years prior, anybody who led the league in four or five categories like he's doing now was a lock. Yeah. It, it, it was a lock. He's, despite my concern, he's definitely deserving of it this year. And I'll be honest with you. I'm with you. If he, if he doesn't win it over Hedman, you know, I, I, I don't know how you could pick him right now. Like I, I mean, said, you, you got Connor McDavid who's going to score 100 points in 50 games or 56 games or under 60 games. I mean, this guy's point and a half a game, basically. There's no way this guy's not winning the league MVP, right? Yeah. I, I mean, they're, they're making the playoffs, but when you put up 100 points in 56 games, 58 games, there's no way this guy's not. It's not, a, it, but is it officially 100 points? Does it count? Is, it wasn't a full season. Is it officially 100 points? It's 100 points. Yeah. He, so going into last night's game, going into last night's game, he had to average two points a game for the remainder. And he had to score three points in one of those games. And right now he's on pace for that. So if he yeah. scores two points a game for the rest of the season, he's going to hit 100. Right. I was just joking. Is NHL going to put it in the record books? It's not baseball. It's not baseball in the Madison yeah. Bumgarner no hitter. <laughs> yeah. A little, more, a little more progressive in the uh, Canadians, are they? <laughs> yes. You know, real, real quick, I was reading an article today. The NHL is going to have a problem with this Canadian division when that division's done with in the playoffs and they have to come to the States and a team from the States has to go to Canada to play in the uh, conference finals because the quarantine rule for Canada is 14 days, but they changed it for NHL purposes where it's only seven. So you're going to have a discussion coming up pretty soon where is the Canadian division going to relocate to the U.S. and play in basically a hub city? Uh, Ryan, uh, if you're, I know why you're smiling. Those games are for eight o'clock, or if you get those bets in. <laughs> so, yeah, 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 no, that's cool. I had a good live run. betting. <laughs> literally, literally live betting. Um, do you want to run over to the NHL deals before we move on to the NBA and the, the yeah. Russell Media Gambling? So, so the NHL signed a new seven-year deal with uh, ESPN, Disney, and Warner Media. Uh, live hockey is apparently coming to HBO Max and Warner Media's Turner Sports Channels, TBS and TNT. The Turner will broadcast the Stanley Cup Finals in 2023, 25, and 27. They also get half of the conference finals and half of the first two rounds each season. They're going to get 72 regular season games and every winter classic for the whole run of this, uh, this deal. The other half of the TV rights deal is going to Disney and ESPN, which is going to broadcast 25 regular season games on ESPN or ABC. ESPN Plus makes out like a bandit in this deal. They are going to be able to stream on their platform 1,000 games per season. And ESPN Plus and Hulu will be the home for 75 exclusive ESPN-produced telecasts per season as well. Um, ABC is going to host the finals in 2022, 24, 26, and 28. 
This deal also gives ESPN and Disney the opening night games, the NHL All-Star Game, and the skills competition, and any other special events, which I mean, I think what they mean by that is any outdoor classics besides the winter classic. So the type of Lake Tahoe or something like that, I think that's going to be what that means. The NHL at-a-market streaming package, which is known as NHL.TV, is now moving to the ESPN Plus as part of this deal. And this is going to be a total change for fans. Uh, ESPN and NHL fans have a very sour relationship. And my question to you guys is this. How much is ESPN going to pump the NHL with their coverage compared to the recent years of the LeBron daily routine and schedule of when he leaves the house and when he goes to the supermarket? Because you turn on ESPN now and they're covering LeBron like it's TMZ walking him down the block. And I don't think they're going to do that with the NHL. What do you guys think? Uh, wait a minute. Niche fucking network, I would say. So <laughs> if they want to, they should probably actually start covering sports and maybe they'll actually gain some positive viewership when they actually show a sport and not what you just discussed. <laughs> well, I don't know about you. I just got an ESPN alert. LeBron just took a shit. Figures. And also, uh, this TV deal is going to hit us in the pockets, which I'm not really a fan of. But ESPN Plus is $5.99 a month. It's $13.99 a month when you bundle it with Disney Plus and HBO uh, and Hulu. HBO Max is $14.99 a month. Turner's paying $225 million per year for this. Disney's paying $400 million per year. This basically is $600 plus million doubled the old agreements. The old agreements was paying the NHL about $300 million. Yeah. And... NBC, which I liked their coverage, they got rid of NBC Sports at the end of the year, and they were only rumored to be offering about $100 million or so, and Turner basically won the bidding war with the, that bid of 225 Russ, do you think Turner overpaid for this, looking back at it now? Uh, I think a little. little. Seeing yeah, what a little the, bit. Uh, you know, seeing what the overall popularity of hockey is, I think they're pumping it up a little bit in hopes that they can bring a a different side to the product, but like we said, is the whole ESPN thing soured everything. And, uh, yeah, I, I think they're trying to run it on HBO Max and streaming platforms is going to decrease viewership. I mean, the average fan isn't going to go to a streaming platform to watch. And, and even for me, is listen, yes, I'm going to watch a range game one way or another. Yeah. But that's me. Uh, ideally, I want to watch it on a TV screen, not a computer screen. So I think the average fan or casual fan is not going to waste their time with that. Uh, no, I think the big fan is going to like Ryan. You're if, you're watching MLB TV on your phone, right? If you if you if you yes, hundred percent watching the Cardinals yeah. game right now. Yeah, you have to. I mean, well, the three of us sure, game. but the regular casual fan isn't going to be sitting on their phone on a six inch screen, basically looking at this game. No, they're not going to do that. No, 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 nope. no, absolutely not. But I mean, there's, I mean, is there going to be an app available on TVs and whatnot? I mean, pretty soon everything's going to be a Roku ready TV. Anyways, yeah. Uh, to the guy that chimed in, robots and <laughs> uh, let me remind you that was Fox, not ABC. <laughs> and whenever I think ABC, I just have memories back to the Stanley Cup with the Ducks and John Sebastian Jaguar and his run. Uh, I don't know why that, that has my memory in there, but it did. So, I'm hoping uh, that uh, I'm hoping that Gary Thorne comes back. I miss him. Yeah, uh, I haven't heard him in hockey for a while. He's one of the few that I, I, I do like. Uh, I, yeah. I sort of like Melrose, but I, I don't know. And then again, I got fucking hair going like him, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. Gary Thorne's probably the only one I would like. I, I would 
I would have rather it stayed on NBC as much as. Uh, as oh, much I know how much you love. I know how much you love Pierre Maguire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, uh, listen. <laughs> if 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 he could marry Crosby, he probably would. But uh, oh, absolutely. I still enjoy, I still enjoy their setup, and uh, but it is what it is. And uh, you want to move over to the NBA now? Yeah, we'll move over to the NBA. Go ahead, take take it All around. Right. Welcome to the NBA Sports Desk. Um, <laughs> so we'll start with the East here, and. Right now, Brooklyn holds a game-and-a-half lead over Philly for the top spot, but they're both rolling and in control. Yep. Uh, the Bucks are in the three-hole, and the surprise Knicks won nine in a row, climbing up to fourth until their unfortunate defeat, 118-110 uh, to by the Phoenix Sun the other night. Their streak was bumped. Uh, Atlanta and Boston round out the top six, and in the playoff race, the Heat, the Hornets, Pacers, Wizards are the 14 grouping. Uh, for the last playoff spots, and but the Bulls and Raptors are just on the outside looking in. The Raptors obviously won the M, you know NBA championship two years ago and upset the Golden State Warriors. And how far they have fallen. Uh, moving over to the West, Utah has already clinched a playoff spot, rolling along. Uh, Phoenix just behind them by one game. Uh, the Clippers two, so they're all they're all rolling. Uh, the, the Nuggets find themselves in fourth, and still the injury-plagued Lakers are in fifth. Uh, right now, Portland, Memphis, San Antonio, and Golden State are battling for that 14 grouping, only separated by two and a half games. So New Orleans and Sacramento are on the outside as well in the ninth and tenth spots, but there's a lot of games in hand uh, over everybody. It's, it's going to be real spicy. So, um I know there's a whole difference now with the NBA playoff and how the teams outside of eighth, there's going to be almost a mini round robin. And I, I know you know more about that, um, Jerry. Uh, so I looked, I looked into it. I looked into this because I guess because, because of COVID, you know, COVID changes everything. It's changing sports altogether. And it's more frustrating than anything. Um, the NBA is going to do the top six teams are going to make the playoffs. And then they are going to do a play-in round robin, basically, for slots yeah. 7, 8, 9, and 10. And any team that finishes worse than 10th will be in the lottery. Wait for it. Wait um, for it. You see the red light? And there's a cha-ching. All right. <laughs> so the playing game, the playing games are going to work like this. In game one, you're going to have team number seven and team number eight play. The losing team is going to get another chance in game number three. In game number two, you're going to have nine play ten. The winner moves on to game number three, and the loser is eliminated and enters the NBA draft. Game number three, you're going to have the loser of seven again versus the loser of seven and eight host the winner of eight host the winner of nine and ten. Wow, this is a mouthful. And we know how basically you the loser of this game enters enters the lottery. <laughs> but this means that you can have a double opportunity to basically win one game to get into the playoffs for teams seven or eight, while the other two have to basically win two games to get into the playoffs. Why wouldn't these guys just go, okay, seven plays 10, eight plays nine, the two winners – are now the two seeds in the playoffs and you have your eight teams with the other, with the other six. Why, yeah. why does this have to be so difficult and complicated? Because the NBA playoffs aren't long enough. 
They play What's four that? out of seven. It's the long. Only last two months, man. Come on, we gotta get another fucking police. <laughs> uh, I'll be honest with you, Jerry. You're, you're speaking common sense, and most of the time that doesn't apply. So, yeah, who, who knows? Like you said, is that makes perfect sense, right? I mean, seven plays ten, and or you know, seven you and know. ten, eight and nine. Two winners are in. Done. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that one. Common sense would prevail and make it much easier, right? But, but uh, Ryan's got a point too. Let's stretch it out, make some more, uh, you know, drama. Yeah, no, more I was kidding ESPN about coverage that. of LeBron. What's that? <laughs> I said more ESPN coverage of LeBron. <laughs> Wait, we got some beautiful sounds here. Beautiful sounds. Watch the red. Watch the red. Watch the red. Ryan, I hope you got those bets in. Oh, yep, I got it in. <laughs> <laughs> I have a cash register oh, ring whenever there's, a, whenever there's a gold. <laughs> but, uh, well, all right, so let's get back on. Let's go to betting now. So Yeah, Russ, let we, Russ we got to talk about this. Uh, well, we're we're going to go into it. So right now my night is a lot better than what happened last week. Yeah, Russ, the uh, um, the week the week prior, I have to I have to label, and I've uh, we labeled it on social media, the, uh, the epic gambling fails by Russ. I mean, this past week was uh, – not your best showing. No, it wasn't. And uh, obviously, if we all uh, were perfect gamblers, um, we'd all be millionaires. So instead, here me and Ryan are. Um, I'm trying to bring Far it up here. But, but no, it. Uh, I fucking lost it. Um, but no, listen, it, it, like I said, people don't realize that a good gambler, a professional gambler, which I, I am not. I'm an amateur gambler. A professional gambler is running between 55 and 65 percent correct most of the time. Would you concur with that, Ryan? 100 percent. Yes. Well, I mean, that the break-even threshold on a standard minus 110 vig is 52.4 percent, which is you know, so anything above that is really successful. Yeah. But- so, so, well, people people think that oh, this guy's you know putting out 70 percent winners. There's a reason for it. He's pumping out teams that are minus 300 to win that are that are locks. There's no value in it. So you could run uh, from the peanut gallery. Pierre <laughs> <laughs> McGuire throws me butt plug. I just saw that. I my oh, eye. my God. Um, so <laughs> people don't realize it's, it's return on investment. It's the value. So you could run 50%, but if you're – the ones you're getting right have more value, you're going to end up in the positive. So – People think, oh, 60%, you're barely winning. Not if you're picking the right games. Yeah. And if you're picking the right games, your losers aren't bad either. You're not paying 150 to win 100 or 180 to win 100. You're paying 110 or you're paying 115. But then when you're hitting yours that have, you know, the games that are plus 105, plus 130, you know, you're getting value out of it. That's the whole point, you know. So people or think, oh, you got to hit 70, 80%. Don't you don't. What's that? You just bet hundreds of games and hope for the best. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, so obviously last week, um, France actually did pretty well with the Lille and Leon, and I'll get to that in a minute. Um, the Barcelona match, I think, shit to bed. Uh, actually, no, they were a push. They would have been a push. Uh, Dortmund beat Union Berlin 2-0, which, I mean, wasn't unexpected, except Union Berlin has been playing pretty well. Um, we, 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 we were betting overs, Russ. 
overs. Remember, yes, I know. That, that U word doesn't exist in your house. I'm well aware. <laughs> um, the Chelsea West Ham game, West Ham has won four in a row and scored a million goals in their last four and been on fire. And they get shut out at home. Uh, the Lazio and Napoli game didn't disappoint. I think they scored the goals for everybody. So it was like a five two game. They scored everybody else's goals. Uh, the, the Roma versus Atalanta game was absolutely ridiculous. It ended 1-1. I lost the over three, but the amount of chances that Atalanta had was – it should have been a fucking seven-to-one game. So <laughs> it's frustrating. But, uh, listen, you move on. You you, you, yeah, you make your bets for the next week, and uh, that's where we're at. So right now I, I kept it small this week. I, I didn't see much value in England. Uh, I mean, you got Liverpool facing Man U in a – I guess a do or die game for for Liverpool coming to the end here. They trying to catch a Champions League spot, but uh, I mean, listen, these every time these guys get together, it's like a fucking zero zero game or a one one game. So I hate to uh, I hate to offer up an under and the game goes over. I look like a real asshole since I love overs. <laughs> I don't see much there. Uh, the Italian games. Mostly their favorites. Everybody's a pretty much a favorite, um, and there's not much value in it. Uh, but France, France is looking really good this weekend, as they did last weekend. Uh, Saturday you have PSG at Lens. Um, PSG just lost today in Champions League to Man City. They got to play their second leg, but right now they're one point behind league leader Lille for the title. So. I'd expect a full lineup. You really want to make sure Kylian Mbappe is, is in there. He did suffer a minor injury uh, in the previous week's crash, but I, I think he's all right. Uh, Lens themselves were, you know, came up from League Two last year and had a really great season, considering that you know League Two is their 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 lower league uh, from League One. Uh, they came up and they're fighting for a Europa qualifying spot. So right now you got a big game there. Uh, over three goals, minus one thirty-three. So it's a little extra juice, but nothing, nothing, uh, nothing crazy. Uh, also on Saturday, Nice versus Lille. Lille coming off a three-to-one. Uh, sorry, Nice coming off a three-to-one victory is looking to play spoiler. Lille leads the league, and they're playing very well. Uh, they're trying to stay ahead of PSG, and I don't see any reason this can't be a two-one, three-one type of game as well. Uh, it's over 2.75 goals at plus 102. So when you get the two and three quarter goal thing, uh, does what they consider Chinese odds. Uh, if you bet the game over two and three quarters, if you get three goals, you win your bet and half of what the win would. If you get over three goals to four, you win the entire thing. So that's the way that works. And then Sunday, Leon at Monaco, over three goals, plus 101. Another big matchup. Monaco's won seven straight, and they're Ooh. occupying the last Champions League spot. They're on fucking fire. Um, and technically, they're only two points behind Lille for the league league, one point behind PSG. So they're right there for the league title as well. Uh, Leon did take a big 3-2 to two loss against Lille this past weekend. Uh, so they're on the outskirts for challenging for the French title. But they're still in range of catching Monaco for the last Champions League spot. They're only four points behind. But it's do or die die time. But all these teams are are playing good football right now. And they're right near all all scoring machines. So 
should be some good betting. Uh, hopefully Ryan believes in me. I know I do. <laughs> um, uh, I'm going to throw it over to two smaller leagues. You got Belgium. Uh, that's Sunday. You got Anderlecht at Club Bruges. Now this is in their championship group. So basically, once their season sort of ends, they break off in the groups. You got your championship group for the league title, and you got your relegation group. Those basically, you're going to have your own tournament, and whoever loses in that relegation group gets sent down to the to the uh, Belgium's to second league. So uh, I got it over two and a half goals, minus 130. Anderlecht has won five straight and has 14 goals in those five. Bell- you know what that means. <laughs> yes. You know what that means, right, Russ? <laughs> They're going to get shut out. Yep. <laughs> uh, but coming into this group, Club Rouge has the, was the best team, hands down, outscored everybody. They they have won three or five. They didn't lose two tough games in there, but their last game was a 4-2 victory over Muscron. So they're the best team in the league. They've been for a couple of years. Uh, listen, easily, same thing. 2-1 game, 2-2 game. You know, there's no reason it shouldn't go under, except that I'm going to bet it, so I probably will. <laughs> our last one is Denmark. Same thing. Championship group. Uh, Nordisland at Midgetland. Uh, I love saying that name. <laughs> I still don't know to this day. I've been following them and betting on them for probably four or five years now. And just because of the name? <laughs> Midgetland, it just works. Uh, they both just played on Monday, and I made a nice little profit. Uh, they, they both played to a 3-2 to two victory. So I'd ex- Sorry, Midgetland beat Nordisland three to two, so they were all over each other. Uh, over three goals, but it's at minus one sixty eight, so it's a little tough there. Uh, if you can live bet it, I'd recommend letting 10, 15 minutes go. You would get that at probably even odds. But they just came off a score fest and, and were killing each other, and I'd imagine the same exact thing. So, <clears throat> as always, though, listen: if you're betting, please bet responsibly. My word is not God. And do, do your own research, at least just these are recommendations and, and games that I would normally bet on. So just, just do your own research and don't bet above your head, all right? Uh, Thanks. You should tell me that when you send me the text. <laughs> listen, I, I, I sent you the text. Uh, listen, I would never send you anything that I wasn't betting on myself. So at least if we're going to go down, we're going to go down together. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> oh, wow. I mean, listen. I think by now you should trust me. I, I I did send you a fifty dollar fifty dollars to buy a bottle of Johnny Black. So I, at least you know you can. Uh, yeah, 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 trust yeah, yeah. The word. I always stay right by you. I'll let you, I always let you know when, when I got something good. This guy he helped me out with uh, my phone, getting new phones and hooked up with Verizon. So I promised him a bottle of Johnny Black for helping me out with a bunch of things. And I remember, I, I guess I forgot, and then I was hammed one night. And I was like, you know what? <laughs> I never got I never got Ryan a bottle of Johnny Black. I'm like, Ryan, what's your Venmo? I was like, go to 50 bucks, go buy a bottle of Johnny Black. It's on me. <laughs> and then I drank um, it and lost my job. So uh, that's um, I'm kidding around. But, kidding around. But I hate to say it, I really haven't had Johnny in a while. I actually haven't had much to drink in a while, but uh, there's another reason for that, but we'll get into that later on. Uh, I really turned into tequila. I think tequila's been my new uh, my new thing the past year. So. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, I it, it makes me ill before it gets uh, <laughs> over drunk like uh, like like whiskey does. Well, I'll uh, I'll keep can keep doing my Moscow mules. I'm I'm good with that. Yeah, it was pretty good. But all right, so before we get going, the WrestleMania quote of the week: If nobody comes from the future to stop you, is it really that bad of an idea? 
<laughs> I like it. Uh, I like it too. Uh, all right, well, this, weekend. this was fun. Ryan, uh, thanks a lot for coming on the show. This was great. Yeah. Next week, we are going to do a show on Monday night, May 3rd, 7.30 p.m. Eastern, 4.30 p.m. Pacific. We're going to have a CEO <coughs> interview. We're going to have uh, Christy Hunt, who is the president of Green Star Products Incorporated. The OTC Markets stock ticker for her company is GSPI. We're going to do a uh, live sit-down asking her a bunch of questions about our company, what, they're, uh, what they've been doing, what they have down the pipeline. She's been the president only for uh, just under two months. And uh, I got a lot of questions for her. I'm sure she has a lot of answers. She's not We're going to be streaming it live on Twitch and YouTube as always. You guys can catch it there. And if you happen to miss the stream, you can always catch us on Spotify. It will be uploaded about a day or so after the stream. Russ, anything, uh, anything final to say? Um. No, I think we're pretty good. Uh, oh, wait, right. wait, wait, to end the night? Oh, here we go. Oh, wait, wait for the cha-ching. Wait for it. Several of my thing tells me there's a, an opportunity to come up, right? Ryan's happy because we got one nothing in one game, and now we're about to have one nothing in the other. <laughs> and come on, I'm cute. You're flashing. Come on. What is going on here? What the fuck? <laughs> Well, here's the, here's the bad side of this. Usually, this when this thing flashes, there's a goal, and that waits to verify the goal. Sometimes it flashes, and then nothing happens, and it tells me that the goal was disallowed. Oh, so this isn't good. Then. Uh, wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, nope. There's no cha-ching no, on this one. No cha-ching. Damn. All right, guys. We'll uh, right. we'll see you next week, Monday night, seven thirty, live on Twitch, live on YouTube. Right, Have a good, good night, everybody. Cha-ching on cue. Cha-ching on cue. Cha